0: Hello and welcome to the Adventure Games podcast. My name is Shoshita Dunbar and I'm your host.
1: Hey, so thank you so- so much for joining us for another episode of the Adventure Games Podcast. I'm here with good friend of mine, Kieran. Hello, Kieran. How are you?
2: Hello, Shosha. Yeah, really good. Thanks. How are you?
1: Very good. As as I just told you before recording, um, <laughs> the weather is very good here. So I just went for a meal and one or two glasses of wine and a bottle of prosecco, a small bottle. So if, if I sound as if I slur my speech, uh, I think I'm sober. I'm trying to sober up, but I'm going to rely on you to make sure we don't go completely off the rails. It's just the two of us, thankfully. But, I think
2: um... this is fantastic. So this, is, this is the first... This is going to be the first Adventure Games podcast episode where we find out what Shorsha really thinks.
1: Yeah, what I really <laughs> think about Adventure Games, what I think about you, what I think about Thomas and Laura. <laughs> oh, my Lord. Did I tell you you're my best friend? <laughs> <laughs> no, I am not that bad. It's I did have a meal, so I think that compensated. But uh, what's the weather like over in the UK? Because it's been absolutely glorious the last few weeks, the last month here
2: in <laughs> yeah it's lovely here as well um, yeah it's been it's been lovely for a, a very long time um, and and yet i'm not drunk
1: <laughs> <laughs> i'm not usually like this but i we i went with my partner we just said oh we'll get some we'll have some food and oh sure we'll have a, uh, some prosecco and another glass of wine and another glass of wine so <laughs> but uh, so that combined with the heat anything could happen absolutely <laughs> anything could happen this is uh this is fantastic. We might talk a whole lot about adventure games, but I, as I said, I'm going to rely on you, the sober sober person, <laughs> to make sure we don't go complete. I mean, look, you've listened to this. If you've listened to this podcast, you know that we kind of go off the rails, anyway. But um, but anyway, no, it's great to to chat with you again, and it's uh great. We will be reviewing adventure games. So, Kieran, which adventure games will you be reviewing today?
2: Yes, I'm. I'm going to be talking today about um, a game called Birth, um, which has had very little fanfare, but is a very, very interesting game, Um, and a game called Tron Identity, um, which I think much more, much more of listeners (laughs) will have will have heard of and and know about.
1: Yeah, how about you? I will be attempting to review uh, Paws of Coal. Ah, uh, people may have heard my interview with the developers GameChuck, When I don't know if I mentioned this, but did I mentioned that I was in Croatia a couple of months ago.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I may have, I may have seen uh, a picture or ten. <laughs> a picture or
1: ten. I mean, it was such a ah, it was such a terrible experience. You know, in Dubrovnik, um, at the conference uh, reboot on a balcony by the swimming pool, and speaking with Tony Warner and a few others, and. Yeah, it was it was awful, man. It really was. It's, oh, the, uh... thing, the
2: things you do for this podcast. <laughs> the things I do for this
1: podcast. To go to Dubrovnik in Croatia, to talk to Tony Warner, developer of my favorite adventure game, Broken Sword, uh, with beautiful weather, fantastic people. And uh, yeah, that conference was, was fantastic. Again, thank you to the organizers. I am joking, in case you haven't realized, but just the way that it was organized and just the whole atmosphere there, it was... I would compare it with Adventure X. I mean, Adventure X, we do need to mention, is uh, voluntary. You know, they don't get paid for it. But I, I love that uh, conference as well. I think they do a fantastic job. But the same with Reboot. I mean, just the atmosphere is, is, everyone is really nice, very comfortable. You know, there's no kind of, I. you know, I don't know, there's no like, any. you know, we're better than you. Uh, at least I didn't find it, and it's just—it's just I would recommend if people can afford to go, of course, um, it is—it uh, is fantastic. But uh, uh, but yeah, so I I spoke to developers, Game Chuck, uh, and now I'll be talking a little bit about or attempting to review the game, Pause of Coal. Um We were we were supposed to have Amy and Jared with us, but they unfortunately couldn't uh, record, so they will hopefully be able to record uh, very very soon. Um, so shall we start with news first? Because there's quite a bit of news. Yes, um, there's
2: there's some big news stories and some, yeah. some surprising ones.
1: Yeah, so wh- when is an adventure game not an adventure game? <laughs>
2: <laughs> Actually, yes, we have four news stories about not really adventure games. It's,
1: I mean, I know that there there has been a lot of discussion on the evolution of adventure games and how there hasn't been as many me- there have been as many. Point and click adventure games with puzzles. That's probably true, I think. I think there's been more focus on narrative games, but I think we're going a step further with some adventure game series. But we'll talk about them in more detail now. Uh, so, the first big news people may have heard this there was a new Monkey Island announced. Kind of. <laughs> uh, so, there's so an Kieran,
2: asterisk after that.
1: <laughs> yeah, there's an asterisk. It's, it's not an adventure game, it's not even a full game. But the legend of Monkey Island was announced. So, Kieran, what do you know about this? What, uh, as a sober one of the two of us, what can you tell us about this new announcement?
2: Now, I've never played Sea of Thieves. Meaning. Um, so, It's a great start. <laughs> so, so, how exactly this will play out, I don't know. Um, but, so Sea of Thieves seems to be a sort of uh, multiplayer. Um, game and also you interact with other other players online, um, but there's been announced a kind of bolt-on story to Sea of Thieves, which can be experienced uh, independently of, of of other players, and they've actually got a, a story and a narrative and characters that that play out within this this the the Monkey Island universe within the game of Sea of Thieves. Um, this seems to be my understanding of what's been announced. <laughs> Um,
1: yeah, I mean it's so yes. So cuts as you mentioned, it's a
2: I think it's only
1: multiplayer. It's an online game. It's a pirate game, and it's a more of an action game as well. Um, I've never played it either, so I can't say too much about it. But from what I've read, from what I understand, it is a multiplayer game, and they've had some kind of DLCs uh, over the last couple of years. They had a Pirates of the Caribbean DLC, um, I believe. And which just really that's
2: a Monkey Island DLC.
1: Pretty <laughs> much. I mean, I mean, Monkey Island is based on the Pirates of the Caribbean uh Disney ride, and then Pirates of the Caribbean came which was also supposed to be a Monkey Island movie, as far as I understand. Then it turned into Pirates of the Caribbean. I mean, Jack Sparrow is basically garbage treat. but anyway. <laughs>
2: yeah, <laughs> you could go full conspiracy theory mode about the about the links.
1: <laughs> but they have actually announced a new Monkey Island for DLC of CFT. So just, the DLC itself is free, but you will need to buy the full game, as far as I understand. And this is set after um, Monkey Island 3, The Curse of Monkey Island. Uh, again, from what I understand, you go to, uh, so you're invited to tour and explore beloved locations, beginning with Melee Island, interact with iconic characters, the Greek Irish Street by himself. And it takes place when Guybrush gets to marry the love of his life, Elaine. At the end of the third game, the Curse of Monkey Island, Guybrush says off to the horizon on a galleon with just married on the back, and they go off to presumably have their honeymoon. And so we go to some locations. This is, uh, take you know from directly from the end of Monkey Island, and it's set in the universe of cFC. So I'm I'm excited. I probably will be playing it. But what, what what are your thoughts on this, Kieran, From what you've heard?
2: Yeah, it it looks really interesting. With regards to the um the law side to it, there was a, a really wonderful line which has stuck with me from um uh Dave Grossman, um which he said is in, in an interview before Return to Monkey Island that around law, um and he, he was saying that if you think of like old Greek myths and things, you've got a selection of characters that engage in all these different stories and there's no necessary chronology to it Mm. it doesn't have to be consistent there can be loopholes between they could be completely different islands completely different places completely different stories and then with comic books we've become a bit more obsessed with lore and trying to make everything fit into a nice tidy and I really like this return to the old style of storytelling. So Return to Monkey Island doesn't really fit in with the other four games, which is, which is with the four, four games, with the other five games. Um, and for instance, Tales itself didn't really fit in with the preceding prof- four. And um, and now we've got another story with the same characters. I, I would have rather had they just done it as an independent story and not said that it came after three, because now we want to fit, fit everything into uh um in into this law, but I quite like the idea of just more stories they don't need to they don't need to interfere with the law of any anything. They can just be stories with these characters that we love and 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 are really enjoyable. I don't know what your thoughts would be on that,
1: oh yeah, no, I'm all for it, and uh, you know, I know some people might be maybe not happy that it's not a quote unquote adventure game, but it's I don't think it has to be. I think it's good if we introduce other fans to Adventure Games and to Monkey Island, you know, if they play this and hopefully they'll like it, hopefully it'll be good, they might want to play the other games and then play more Adventure Games. I think it'd be a good thing. So what, what I'm hoping for is if this game, whatever it turns out to be, is first of all good. Um, mm. my, my first impressions are it seems we've got the original voice actors, Dominic Armato is playing Guybrush from, from the trailer. Now, I know that Ron Gilbert, when well, he didn't write a tweet, he, it was on Mastodon, And at first, and again, I'm paraphrasing, he said that they were doing this, they did this, quote unquote, behind his back. And we believed at first that he didn't know about it. But then he clarified, he said, actually, they did let him know about this game, but that he wasn't involved. Now, he doesn't own the IP. So Disney and LucasArts, I mean they can do whatever they want with the IP. We don't have to like it or agree with it, but they own the IP, so they can do whatever they want. And we've already had games without Ron Gilbert's involved. Now, I would have preferred if Ron Gilbert had been involved uh, myself, but I also think it can also be interesting to see what other people can bring to...
2: Yes, yeah, uh, definitely. And- he, I mean, he did... in in those In those Mastodon comments, he did seem pretty miffed. <laughs> he did seem... Pretty annoyed about the way that everything was done, and yeah, I, I that that does give me a slight sour taste in the mouth that something that something has been done in a way that the the original creator of this IP feels a bit annoyed about. But when he clarified, he then said, "What well, this is more Monkey Island content, and I want well, I want it to do well, and I hope it's good." Yeah, and I think I feel a similar way. Um, I, I, yeah, I wish they'd handled that slightly differently so that, so that Ron Cooper wasn't annoyed. But I really hope it's good. Um, From the trailer, it seems to capture an atmosphere which is very familiar to to any Monkey Island fan. Um, And I hope the game does that as well.
1: Yeah, no, likewise, I, you know... It would have been nice if he had been involved. But then I don't know. There are people who might be thinking, OK, well, with the way that the last Monkey Island ended, no spoilers, maybe. <laughs> but, you know, they're happy because Curse of oh, Monkey see, Island. I love
2: the ending. <laughs> I um, really yeah, like I'm still ending not ending it sure time. about it, but I love <laughs>
1: Curse of Monkey Island. So I don't, you know, I think there are other talented developers and writers. So I'm also curious, to you know, kind of like LucasArts, you know, I love the original uh, Star Wars. I love the original Star Wars. But I'm also curious to see what other people can do with that. And similar mm. with Monkey Island. Um, and look, if it gets more people interested in Monkey Island, and if there's more demand for another Monkey Island game, I think that's probably a good thing. So we have to wait and see. It will be released on July 20, 2023. Um, and it's multiplayer. So, I mean, I'll probably... I'm I'm going on holidays, unfortunately, around that time. But hopefully when I'm back, uh, hopefully we can organise a multiplayer uh, playthrough of that game. We'll see. Uh, I mean, I'm not very good at games that are not adventure games. I'm probably not very good at adventure games as well, but certainly with action games. But yeah, I'm very curious to know how it does. And uh, we'll probably be talking more about it when it is released. So that is The Legend of Monkey Island. I think that that's on Steam, but you do need the full game, Sea of Thieves, which... I've heard it's good. I haven't played it. I don't know much about it. From what I do know, I've heard it's a good pirate game. People seem to really enjoy it. So,
2: Ho- Hopefully we're skilled enough to get to, to Melee Island without just hopefully. thinking I I mean, I hope
1: shit. <laughs> one thing that does give me some hope is that people have said that you don't need to level up to be oh, able to... Brilliant. like You can, yeah. I think, start over again from the beginning every time you restart it. And you don't need to spend a whole lot of time leveling up. You can just go straight to yeah, I don't like pirates of caribbean or monkey Island. i'm like yeah sure <laughs> I'll, i can do that um but uh but yeah so that is legend of monkey island in other interesting news uh siberia now you played the siberia series i take it have you kieran
2: yes yes um, I- and the, the the most recent uh, siberia game absolutely fantastic
1: yeah, no, I agree. I reviewed it. It was my favorite game last year, one of my favorite games of the last few years. I think they mm. really, really did an absolutely amazing job. Just everything seemed to work um, with this game. Uh, now, very sadly, tragically, was it 2021 that the creator of the Sabiri series, Benoit Sokal, passed away for a long illness? He was only 66, still quite young uh, mm. nowadays. So it was very, very sad. But they managed to release my uh, Siberia, the world, before and, uh, in my opinion, the best of the Siberia series. Uh, absolutely fantastic. And we were curious, you know, what would micro do next? Would they continue with Siberia Games or what would they do? And they've announced that they have teamed up with What The Prod, which is, I believe, an animation studio, and they're going to make an animated series based on the Siberia franchise so uh what do you know about this uh Kieran what what are your thoughts on this
2: yeah so this um I, I mean it looks really interesting and i think it's the right decision um because yeah that that last um, that last siberia game was just so so beautiful and so well done um and i think if they'd then gone on to try and recapture, recapture that, that same achievement uh, without Vanuat SoCal around, um, that would have been a mistake. Um, But, but this, this way, um, they can continue exploring all of these ideas that, that he's brought so beautifully into the world um, in in a, in a different medium. Um, So I think it's really interesting and really exciting.
1: Yeah, no, I, I agree. I mean, As much of a fan I am of the Siberia series, and I love the first two games as well, um, and I've played them several times, I do think the weakest part of those games is the puzzles. (laughs) Um, I think that the puzzles, I mean, you have one, just to give one example, you have a puzzle that, oh, a door is locked, and then you go back around and you see, oh, a key card has just managed to drop here on the ground, which wasn't there before. That will <laughs> just very conveniently open the door, and there were puzzles kind of like this. So, but I I love the story, I love the storytelling, I love the characters, I love this whole world um, in Siberia, and Kate Walker is a character I really love. So I think it's an animated series done right, where you can see her uh, journey both literally and metaphorically, without worrying about maybe some silly puzzles. <laughs> Mm. Um, and I guess some puzzles were fine as well not all puzzles were bad but I think if they focus mainly on the storytelling and on the world and the animations I think there is a potential for it to be very good now I also need to say we've had announcements like this before we had announcements that uh, there would be a TV series or movies based on the Mist franchise based on Broken Sword they didn't come to fruition so and I know it took, was it last year that we heard that there was talk of a Life is Strange series and a Disco Elysium. Now, whatever is going on with the developers of Disco Elysium, not sure how that's going now. So there's no guarantee this will actually be made, but I really hope so. I think that there is probably more confidence. Microids seem to be a stable company mm. um, and I don't think they would announce something if they weren't confident it would be done. I want the prod seem to be you know, um, also a, an experienced company. So I think it's likely we'll get something again, like, okay, I hope it will be good. And I think this can bring more people to the Siberia series and to adventure games. I think that can be a good thing. And I think if it could also be a good thing to bring this story to another medium. Um, So hopefully it'll be good. There's no other information, no other release date. I imagine it will be a couple of years uh, at the very least. Yeah. Yeah. but uh but yeah no it's uh looking forward to it um we know the story i'm sure it might make some changes as well but yeah sounds very interesting i don't know if you have anything else to add
2: uh, yeah no not 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 the moment we don't we don't know much about it but um very interesting um, and yeah. yeah i look, look forward to it keeping an eye on that one
1: yeah very curious what to do with siberia 3 if anything <laughs> <laughs> don't know have you played that game
2: Siberia 3? Yes. No, I haven't played Siberia 3.
1: Okay, I reviewed it. I didn't think it was terrible. I actually liked it more than I thought I would because I read some. Absolute... Be the only person
2: who's has no, good I, things I to mean, say.
1: I I don't think it was great. I need to be clear. I think there were some issues with it, but I went in with such low expectations that I was like, mm. "Oh, actually, it's not terrible."
2: Uh, and I can help. Yes,
1: and there are parts of it that I thought were, you know, rather good. I mean, it's nowhere near as good as the other three, and then Siberia Four just blows it out of the water. Mm. Well, I'm just curious to know what they will do. So, yeah, so that is Siberia animated series coming, um, well, soon, hopefully. (laughs) A couple of years, I imagine. But microids are in which I think is also good. Hopefully they will be able to keep uh, keep an eye on it as well and make sure it is as good as possible. Uh, And so from that, from... Uh, I don't know where to begin with this.
2: (laughs) Oh, is this? Okay, (laughs) yeah.
1: So, okay, so... (laughs) <laughs> Dalek Entertainment. Now, they have made, at least previously, they made some very well-regarded games. I played a few of them. I liked some of them. Others, maybe not so much. Probably their best-known and most popular adventure game series is Deponia. Now, I think it's safe to say that the two of us... Now, it's, the two of us, I think, have some issues with those games.
2: Yes. <laughs> it's safe to say. So, um... Yes, it's... so we've we've had two we've had two uh, news items on on beloved adventure games uh-huh. being turned into other mediums, and now now we've got a now okay, we've got a new so... story about a, a, a game series which we both dislike and yet have played for some reason.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I played the first three games for some reason. I think it was at the time there weren't that many adventure games, and this was talked yes. about a lot. Now, again, I, I haven't reviewed these games because I played this game before I started the podcast. I, I think there are elements of these games that I like. I think it looks nice. The voice acting is good. And I think the world is interesting. But then there's a whole lot of other issues that I uh, don't know if we have yeah. time to really get into.
2: them. But it, <laughs> I think, there's some serious
1: uh... issues that, I, that <laughs> we both had with the game series.
2: Yeah, so I've, I I played all four. Um, Deponia. You've gone full.
1: I've just played the first three. You played
2: all four of them. <laughs> um, Deponia games, even though, um, yeah. So so Deponia has a fantastic ability about being being owned in it, being every in everyone's Steam library. It seems I don't know anyone that I've spoken to about adventure games who says, "Oh, Deponia." For some reason, I've got that. Should I check it out? Um, it seems i don't know if it's on sale all the time or what but it's got an incredible talent of everyone seems to have it in their steam library and think about playing it um yeah it's, so it so on on the on the grounds of if you don't have anything nice to say don't say anything at all um <laughs> De, deponia and a number of other Didalic games came out during a real a, a real yeah. um low point not for the for games there, there was yeah there was not very much coming out and um, I, I think uh, some people then view them as sort of carrying the baton, carrying the torch in that period.
0: Yeah, I think. Um,
2: they have some good animations. They have this, this lovely artistic style. It's quite similar to Curse of Monkey Island. Um, and I think that brought, draws people in. Um, they are incredibly cool minded games. Um, I, I think they are written in a way that like Aren't make them very unpleasant to to experience for me. I I it's, don't see much yeah, joy or I... warmth in those games at all. Um, I I think yeah. So there is there is a complaint that um that a a lot of the the games, particularly I think the third one, if I recall correctly, there's issues with racism, there's issues with sexism, there's issues with with transphobia. I've seen a response to this that it's the central character who is a cool central character, and so and so is Sexist and Racist. And firstly, I, I just don't enjoy playing a cool character anyway. But also, I, I don't agree with that response, that there are some characters where... It's just a, it's the depiction. It's there's there's a depiction of a transgender character, which is a fundamentally transphobic depiction, even before the main character opens his mouth. Anyway, I don't I, I I have some severe issues I with I Deponia. would.
1: I mean, I I agree with you from what. But you know, for the funny thing, for some reason, I I know I've played the first three games, but I don't remember very much about them. I, mm. I seem to have blocked out almost anything that happened in those games. Like I could go back and replay those games and it would be like playing them for the first time. I seem to have blocked them out almost entirely. I think that says a lot. I remember just not finding those games particularly funny. And maybe it's for the reasons that you said that. Now, I also do need to stress that there are people who really enjoy this, these games. I've spoken to some Some are developers of adventure games, and I don't believe that they're racist or sexist or transphobic. <laughs> yes. uh, they seem like very nice people. Um, and I don't, you know, I don't, want, I don't think the developers are, but it, but it, it is true, the depiction. And I know people say, what's well, the main character who's supposed to be edgy? But as you said, it's like you're playing an incel. And <laughs> I don't find him interesting. <laughs> and if you want to compare playing a character who is edgy, who's not a nice guy, there is Gabriel Knight. Who's done some very questionable things, <laughs> and yet I found his character fascinating, and I was rooting for him despite some not so nice things that he did in the three games. Um, but I found his character much more interesting. I didn't find Rufus, the main character of Deponia, interesting at all. I didn't find any of the games really funny at all. I didn't laugh. I and he said it's kind of like cruel spirit of the games that I, and I don't mind edgy. Dark humor, I mean, but I think there's, you go from edgy dark humor just being cruel, and I think it's similar issues that I had with the Simon and the Sorcerer games. And again, I know that there are plenty of fans of those games. I just didn't enjoy the humor of those games or the main character. Um, and I think, as you said, you know, from the main, people say "What's well, was the main character, but then I think there's a difference between main character is racist and all of these things, or there's a depiction of racism and transphobia and all of that in the game. That I don't know. Maybe the developers trying to be edgy, but it didn't quite work for me. So I would agree with you. With that. I never wanted to play a fourth game. I just thought, you know what? I just life is too short. I'm just. <laughs> um, but it's,
2: it's a pity. I think around the same time, Didalic came out with the Edna and Harvey games. Yes. Yeah. Edna and Harvey and Edna and Harvey, Harvey's new eyes. And I think those games have a huge amount of merits. I think there is a yeah. lot of interesting stuff going on in those games. And I almost just wish they had surpassed Deponia in in their fame and, and the attention that was paid to them. Um, and yeah, if you're interested, if you're interested for whatever reason in games from that period um, and, and potentially games from Didalek, then I would suggest checking out the Edna and Harvey games um, in, in preference to the Deponia games. Yeah, the, the news, the news. Yeah. We have news about we have news, But also they also <laughs> did
1: some good work. They made a new beginning which was about climate change, which is especially relevant now. So the, the Dalek has done some good things. Now, from what I've read, I believe that they were bought out by a publisher, is it Nacon I think? And it, from what again, from they also made Pillars of the Earth, which I thought was fantastic. One of my favourite games the last few years. I absolutely loved that game. Mm. So they've done some good things as well. And, and again, there are fans of Deponia, so that's fine as well. <laughs> but anyway, so uh, a few weeks ago they released their big temple game, which was the Lord of the Rings Gollum. Um it was delayed, but it was finally released. And again, I know people were had the high expectations. Lord of the Rings game. I don't think it's got very good reviews. It's been paid a very leap.
2: Yes. Uh, and this <laughs> this is a real shame because I don't is, know if it's it there's... is.
1: I'm not gonna mock it because look. I actually, when I was in Reboot in Croatia, one of the developers was there on a the panel with Dave Gilbert and she seemed very passionate about the series, about narrative storytelling, about Lord of the Rings and about the character of Gollum and she seemed like she knew what she was talking So I think there was a lot more going on behind the scenes than we are aware of. Mm. So it is a real shame that this game was released and from what I see, there's a lot of people who are kind of nearly mocking the game and it seems like from some of the reviews that I've read that they were kind of like, who can be the wittiest, you know, who can be, and I don't personally like, I mean, I think yeah. at the end of the day, we do need to understand there are people behind it, behind yeah, it. No, they worked very hard. Now, there again, are... it's a bad game. Apparently we don't, <laughs> I don't think we can sugarcoat that either, but I think we can do it without mocking the people behind it.
2: Yeah. It's a shame. There's, it is um, a shame. When, 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 when a game is bad, they, there's there's a lot of comedic scope in in making fun of the game and being funny while, while making fun of the game, which is a pity because ultimately I want the games to be good. Sure, <laughs> I want me to too. Have, have a good time <laughs> with the games. And with things like so, Telltale did a wonderful thing of brill- bringing in comic book fans. And suddenly comic book fans who've maybe never played an adventure game, oh, you've got The Walking Dead, and you've got uh, The Wolf Among Us, and you've got these really interesting and, and exciting games. Guardians of the Galaxy. Yes. Um, it really exciting games. Um, and it brings people into the the joy of adventure games and those that that uh, that experience. And yeah, the Golem would would have been an opportunity to do this with with fans of um I've forgotten the name of the franchise. Uh, Lord of the, Rings. the Lord of the Rings. <laughs> yes. Um, Are you sure would... you're
1: sober, Kieran?
2: <laughs> <laughs> would it have been an opportunity to bring in Lord of the Rings fans and um, into the, the Avenger Games fold? And I, I don't think it will be doing no. that, which is a, a pity. It's
1: it's a pity because I loved the Lord of the Rings series. And um, again, I was really rooting for the game. I was hoping that the game would be good. But from reading some reviews and, you know, I think something... I mean, I think it was a, I think a mistake to focus on Gollum to begin with. I think it's an interesting character, but not as a main character. I think there are plenty of things you can do with this universe. But I, I just say... And then, I mean, there are many more issues apparently with the game. But anyway, mm-hmm. after this game, I believe it sold quite well, I read as well, despite the negative reviews. Um, but it seems like the Dalek... They've announced, they announced that, so the big news is they've announcing a new Deponia game called Surviving Deponia. Oh yeah,
2: I'm doing a terrible job keeping you on track.
1: <laughs> oh yeah, yeah but <laughs> anyway, but... So the tra- Deponia so, game. <laughs> so, and so, at first I was thinking, oh, so, the Dalek have probably taken stock. The game Lord of the Rings got bad reviews and thinking, okay, what can what are we good at? Making point-and-click adventure games. Deponia, despite our issues with those games, were popular. we spoken highly about some of their other games, Let's go back to Make a Point and Click to Adventure Game, and let's go back to our most popular series of adventure games. Well, it's not exactly like that. <laughs> because Surviving Neponia is based on an adventure game series, the most popular adventure game series, but it's not an adventure game.
2: <laughs> yeah, this, this is, is a weird-looking thing.
1: This is weird. This is... <laughs> I, I don't even know exactly what... It's a survival simulator, it says here. It's a tactical survival RTS... So, under Steam page, it's, the first words are explore, craft, build, and fight your way through the harsh landscape of Deponia. Meet allies and make enemies while surviving the perils of the junk planet. It might be garbage, but it's your garbage. Uh, okay, so first of all, here's the thing just because it's not an adventure game doesn't mean it's automatically going to be bad. This could potentially be good. I think it could. I mean, if you, it kind of <laughs> might might make some sense on a planet like Deponia that it's you. There would be monsters. You have to survive, and also, you know, I don't want to dismiss it. It might be good and there's I'm sure to some good people involved, but I think it's a strange decision to just make a game based on a popular adventure game series. And I know we've had we discussed other like. Siberia and Monkey Island, but they've made more sense. This, I don't know. I just think they're alienating a lot of the fan base. Like I well, don't we think we had
2: people... a we had a Sonic the Hedgehog Noir Detective Adventure you, game.
1: You did
0: mention that,
2: <laughs> <laughs> and that was brilliant. So, so maybe going the other way, maybe having a a, a Dep- Deponia Survival RPG style <laughs> thing is just what, what the world needs. <laughs> maybe look, it might be good.
1: We I need to be clear, and I know that I've had a few glasses of wine, so I' am <laughs> try to look, I, I don't think I'm going to be personally interested in this because I'm not personally interested in the pony, and we're spending a lot of time talking about this, but I think that people might be, because I know that there are a lot of fans of the Pony games. Um, mm. I'm just not sure if they will be interested in a survival tactical RTS simulator game that's not an adventure game based on the pony. I could be wrong. But anyway, it's out there, and uh, <laughs> we'll we'll leave a link to 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 the Steam to the Steam page. See what people think. Maybe you'll be interested. But during from early reaction and in the Steam forum, the general question from the people seem to be like, uh, "When are we going to get an adventure game of Deponia?" And <laughs> the developer he replied, kind of paraphrasing, "Oh, well, with this universe, I'm sure there'll be more adventure games, but this isn't it. <laughs> like, it just seems weird to me."
2: And also if you're a fan of deponia message in the discord explain yourself love to <laughs> love, love to love to hear um love to yeah. hear some, some some opinions on
1: look other opinions are with, available
2: because um, i know we, we're very similar um and we we yes we have a well i'm, I'm now the resident doesn't hate mist person and <laughs> summer is it, summer i think is um summer is, is a big leisure Suit larry fan which i know is another very d- often disliked adventure game series.
1: I, I didn't mind like those. those games. Oh,
2: you were as well. Okay. Yeah, apparently. as I said,
1: I don't mind like kind of like edgy humor or just. I, don't, I think that the with Larry games has certain charm to them.
2: But we may well be missing a, a Deponia fan. But I know they're out there.
1: Yeah, look, if you are a fan of Deponia, get in touch. Let us know why you like these games. And if you're looking forward <laughs> why? to surviving, yeah, why? No, why you're into? Tr- if you are interested in surviving Deponia, is this what you want? A survival tactical RTS simulator. Um, but yeah, so I'll include links. I think we've spent a lot a lot of time already talking about Deponia, a yep. series which we're not exactly fans of. Um I don't know, very quickly, speaking of Monkey Island, Ron Gilbert announced on Mastodon, I believe that he's making a new game, but it's not what we might expect. And again, I'm going from memory, I don't have it in front of me. I believe he's making a what is it, an action RTS roguelike game, because that's what we think of when we think of a Ron Gilbert game.
2: I've not seen this at all. This
1: is in his <laughs> Mastodon. This was on the Adventure Game Club forum Discord, rather, that they showed, it, not a tweet, but the what do, you, what do you call it? A comment from him on Mastodon? Um, one deal that makes some
2: strange comments. Uh, he this may not be true. He's 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 mentioned guy bush kart racing as well. Oh,
1: has he? I mean, he's mentioned <laughs> that's uh, definitely not real. Remake. Oh, I mean, I, I would be here for that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, is there any other uh news that you want to talk about, Kieran?
2: Uh, no, that's everything as far as I'm um, aware.
1: Again, very quickly as well, um, speaking of Microids, they've also announced two new uh, Poirot games uh, and one of them is uh, Murder on the Orient Express. Did you play the other... Mor- murder? Uh, well, murder on the Orient Express. Did you play the one that was released about like, 15 years ago or even longer? Um, no, I've
2: not played it. It
1: wasn't great. And I'm a huge fan of Agatha Christie. I've read all her novels, seen the TV series, love, uh, you know, love Poirot and Miss Marple and all that. I played that game... It, again, wasn't terrible, but it could have been a lot better. Well, Mike Royce are now making their own version of Murder on the Orange Express. I kind of into, I still have to go back and play the other Poirot games that they released, but I don't know. I think it's like I know that story so well and I, you know, I am I do like when they have original Poirot games and also there's a lot of other books that you could uh, you know, make adventure games from. I think that they're ripe for adventure games, but then again...
2: Have you played the locomotive Game Jam version.
1: Uh no, I played a demo at Adventure X.
2: And then the demo, yeah. So the, the original Game Jam version was very, very good. Um and similar thing it's, it's a it's a murder mystery on a on a train. Really funny, really lovely animations. Um but I, I played it and thought this is almost too good for a game jam game. They must be up <laughs> to something here. And then sure enough, they announced the full version and the and the demo of that is just delightful. So yeah, this this murder on a train style. If if your bag is, if your bag is murders on trains, then definitely check out Locom- locomotive if it's not already on your radar. Because because yeah, you're gonna love it. Yeah. Uh. So. Uh.
1: So yeah. So that is. Uh. So I think that's all the news then. Um. So yeah. So. Uh well before we head into reviews, well, thank you for the news, Kieran. Um I just wanted to mention as well, I don't know if you're aware, Kieran, but we have Patreon as well. Uh Do we or not. I, I know it because <laughs> apparently we're so professional <laughs> that people actually uh well, I shouldn't say much because I know I'm sobering up, but well, thank you to the Patreon. Uh so if you are a fan of podcast, we're a completely independent podcast, we pay for everything ourselves. Um, you know, going to Croatia, all of this thing. No, but we do pay for, you know, for Zoom and for the upkeep ourselves, so any help is great. Also, you will get some extras. Uh, you will get these kind of episodes uh, but at least 24 hours uh, early, before they go public. You get some extras as well. There's some spoiler interviews with developers, so developers really went full spoiler on their games. And also there's a new thing, which... You haven't seen yet yet, but it's kind of starting with my interviews is after we talk about the game and I start to ask developers about their, what they like about adventure games that they play. So I ask them about their favorite characters in games. What are their favorite game worlds? what, And just kind of like things like that. And that would be going on Patreon. So it's kind of getting to know the developers a little bit more. It's a little extra for Patreon It's a thank you to Patreon subscribers. They would be going up. Kind of in future um for Patreon subscribers. So they haven't got up yet, but they will be going up for next few months um as well. As um and so yes, yeah, so thank you to all of the uh Patreon subscribers as well. So I, I haven't actually named them on the podcast. I, I kind of feel I probably should. <laughs> uh so thank you to well, let's see, Jr. Matt L Al. Albert Albrnick, James Richards, Vaclav Pitak, Hobo, if that's what his name is here. Uh, Yo Yu Lee, Brian Hobbs, Eric Muller, Daniel Heinrich, Enrique Robledo, and Arnuncio, Raphael Lewis, Quercus Rubra, Kieran Child, don't know who he is. Uh, <laughs> Tommy Sinuvo, Thomas, Thomas Beck. never heard of him either. Uh, Ryan Hull, Gennady Burdenberg, Ingo Warnke, Mikael Dev, Simon Vance. Wow, Lazy, Ladybug, Kiel, Corwin, Tom Simpson, Olas Osh, Jagarek, Mauricio, Unan, and Gus, and Thomas Scriver. Wow, that was more than I thought. <laughs> but thank there's you to some, there's everyone. There's some
2: big names I recognized in there as well. as a couple of, um, couple a few, of those. Yeah,
1: mm. well, thank you to everyone for supporting us because uh, that's the reason we do this podcast is to support adventure game developers and adventure games and to show that, yes, adventure games are alive and well and we try and uh, help developers get the word out about their adventure games. Uh, so with that, we're, let's shall we start with
2: the reviews? Yes, let's get to the reviews.
1: So, uh, so, Kira, as you mentioned, uh, I was wondering if you could uh, start with the reviews or give birth to the reviews. See what hey, I did there? There hey, we go. That might have sounded weird, but hey, well, you know. Listen, right, so I've, I've just had some to the reviews. I've just had some <laughs> glasses of wine, so I think I can get away with saying just about anything now. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so you played anyway, a game you're honestly suggesting that you wouldn't have made that exact same comment I mean probably <laughs>
1: that's, the, that's the kind of depressing <laughs> thing is that the jokes that I tell are still just as good slash bad as when I'm sober as when I am had a few glasses of wine <laughs> to drink it's yeah so right. so Bert. Bert. But, what is this game? What can
2: um, you
1: tell us about this game, Kieran?
2: This is a game by uh, Madison Carr. Um, it's sort of, it's very much towards being an art piece as, as well as being an adventure game. It's got um, hidden object style gameplay, very sort of casual uh, gameplay. So if you enjoyed something like unpacking, um, I think you would, and that sort of subtle storytelling, um, I think you would enjoy... Um, birth um the the main idea is you you've you've got scenes in front of you this is sort of the the hidden object uh style you've got these scenes in front of you you can click on objects you can zoom in you can interact um but you you're not a character who is depicted um necessarily it's all your interactions with the world as it's as it's presented in front of you um the central story is a is a peculiar one there's there's not um spoken narrative necessarily um, but things are are acted out and it seems as you are um uh, you are trying to build a friend and um, so you want a friend and you are trying to build them which is a peculiar thing to say of, of, of a friend um and so you collect throughout the game you collect uh, bones and you collect organs and you are going to be constructing, um, yourself a friend, so it's a, a slightly sort of macabre um, sensibility to it. Um, but if that sounds sort of quite quite grim, quite dark, quite nasty, um, it's actually the complete opposite of that. Um, what's presented in terms of the art style um, is is a complete uh, opposite Con- contrasts very heavily and really quite nicely with the actual narrative themes um so the the art style is this uh, lovely sort of pencil drawing style there's lots of pastel colors it's very muted um and then alongside that the music are, is almost entirely i think these these synth uh versions or covers of classical music there's there's Chopin in there there's um Sati, um and so on and so they create along with the along with the art style a really relaxing uh, atmosphere, even as as you've got these sort of bugs um, slithering slithering around, and, and sort of you're finding a liver that might be inside this this sort of um, inside of a corpse. Say, um, so the, the the narrative themes of of decay and this sort of organ harvesting kind of story are set against these, these relaxing, relaxing elements. And end result is very sort of quietly contemplative. It's a it's quite a a meditative game. Um, it creates the this feeling which is quite lonely and quite isolating, um, but not not entirely sad. Um, there's a sort of there's a central message here around building your own warmth and finding your own joy, in um, what might be quite a um, quite a cold um, I- environment. Um, I think th- there's, th- I've seen things written that this this game came out of lockdown and you can really feel it as you play it. Um, the uh, puzzles uh, as such, so you, you might go into a location and in order to find well, whatever organ it is you happen to need at that point, um, you might have to interact with a, a fairly simple puzzle. And the puzzles are all in the style of um, a discovery driven. So you might have three pots in front of you. And well, what do the pots do? I, I I can reorder them. I can maybe turn one upside down and pour something out. I can maybe stack them on top of each other. When I do that, this this something lights up. Maybe if I do it a different way, something else lights up. And so you're encouraged to... Um, just play around like sandbox style in each scene in order to discover how it works, and then eventually work out how to how to get the item that you need. Very simple. I don't think the puzzles are very challenging. Some of the um, some of the puzzles and in inverted commas are really just animations. They're really mm-hmm. just little animations that you can interact with, and it's just a, a, a bit of interactive a pause in, in in the gameplay. I thought birth was brilliant. I thought birth was a very very good game and a a very um impressive uh work of art in order to get across this this atmosphere and this feeling that I I'd never really seen um portrayed before in a game and it is portrayed really well and even without um even without dialogue or without spoken um uh, spoken narrative it it still presents you up with ideas and it still leaves you thinking about um uh, about uh, various themes and some very deep themes around interpersonal interactions around loneliness around how you um how you construct the world around you yeah I, I was really really impressed with birth oh,
0: fa-
1: fantastic Now I've I, you know, I didn't know much about it, but I do see it's gotten, it's gotten overwhelmingly positive reviews, and it sounds really interesting, and I love how you know, nowadays there's so many games, but there's so many creative games, you know, like this, that you said, that on the surface you might think it's creepy working you know, work the organs, and, you know, that's what a lot of people, other developers might go with that, but this actually is nearly anything but, and the reviews seem to, from Steam, they seem to go along with you said that it's a very cool game, very lovely game, very relaxing game as well. Which mm. you wouldn't think from the description. Yes. But I guess don't judge a game by its cover, or, well, a book by its cover, or a game by its cover. And, uh, and, and yes, yeah, so so you enjoyed it, and you thought the puzzles were, were generally speaking quite, you know, not that challenging. Do you think that that might annoy people, to, or to, because I know you like puzzles in games generally. Um,
2: yes, no, I, I I do but like this
1: game, puzzles. Did it, uh, it doesn't seem to have uh, affected your enjoyment of the game.
2: Yeah, I don't think it's I don't think it's driven by puzzles. I don't think that's how they want people to experience it. I think it wants it wants players to have an interactive experience and have that feeling of discovery, and it manages to get that across in an amazingly subtly directed way. You don't feel like you're just messing around until you do what the developer intended. You really feel like you're discovering something about each scene. Um, But pretty much every puzzle, as I described it, you will get there eventually just by messing around and seeing how things work and then getting things to to do what you happen to want. Um, And yeah, um, it's very short game. It's two hours. uh, it actually took me a little under two hours, um, and so yeah, you will you will breeze through every every puzzle, and it's more like yeah, an artistic experience to sort of think about um, than than like a puzzle driven experience.
1: Nice, uh, yeah, no, it looks very, you know, again at first glance, I might think, oh, look, this seems like too strange for me now. But from what you're saying, it does sound very very interesting. It's gotten some very good reviews. And again, it I is just, strange. It is a very strange game. <laughs> but but I love how there's such variety now in games that anyone from anywhere in the world can just make a game like this. And it's also why I love independent games as well, that they don't have to worry about you know what the mark what they think the market wants or stakeholders. So this is a game that I want to make. Uh, it's mm. weird, it's quirky, but it's it's what I want to do. And sometimes it works, and this seems to have worked very, very well. Um so uh so yes, yeah, so that is Burt, and it's available on Steam. I don't think it's available anywhere else. I could be wrong. It's um it was also says here it was the the official selection of the 10th anniversary Dave the Dev's Summer Game Fest Edition 2022.
2: Oh well there
1: uh, you go. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, fantastic.
2: So Love don't it. Don't just when... take my word for it then. Yeah, no, it has <laughs> got
1: a lot of very good reviews. So uh again. Mm. We'll include links to it on Steam. Uh, and, uh, yeah, so that is Bert. Thank you, Kieran. Okay, so going on to a slightly different kind of game, Pause of Coal. Uh, now, I interviewed the developers way back, way before COVID even, um, and they, they were very ambitious. Uh, I think they were making the... Uh, I do have the name of the game here. Uh, the Ark Fantastic. Yeah, Trip the Ark Fantastic. Um, I don't know if you remember that interview, Kieran, It's been a long time, so <laughs> um, but I'm fascinated with the, with the game. It's very, very ambitious, you know, about po- political and social commentary involving animals. and um and so now they have stepped back a little bit, and its game is smaller. So this game, Pause of Cold, it is set in the same universe. Uh, now, you play as, I believe it's a hedgehog, so you're down, you are an emissary for the king, which who's a lion, and in the rabbit burrows, the rabbits are falling ill. Ill. There is a pandemic that is making a lot of them ill, uh, much like our world. <laughs> so what do you have to do, the king has to, you know uh, tasked you with finding out what is going on and to resolve it. So um so the miners, they know you, they respect you, you, play as a scholar, uh, and so you have to find out what is going on, what is the cause of the illness, and then you have to decide what to do with this information. So this is like a choice-based game, investigation, kind of a detective like game. Um, so you do there are multiple endings depending on the choices that you make. So, for example, um one of the subplots in this game is some of the workers in the mine are on strike, and so then you have to find that. Well, so that you so so that you can find out what is going on, you will have to end the strike, and you can choose which way to do it. You can support the workers, or you can go to the boss of the company and basically screw the workers. But there are even some nuances as well. You can kind of be in the middle a little bit, and then once the strike is uh, finished. Then what's uh, one of the interesting things about this game is you have like a diagnosis in your notebook, you get evidence, you get information from uh, books that you read in the game, characters that you speak with, and then you have to match up the evidence and then you have to reveal what you believe is the cause of the illness and then uh, whether the doctor agrees with you or not um and whether it's right or wrong so you have to based on all the evidence you you acquire Then you have to present your thesis basically so this is what i think happened these are the reasons and you know so you match all the uh evidence together uh it's a short enough game it's a it's about two hours ish um overall i quite like there was no voice acting but it is clear that the developers have uh done a you know, I quite a lot of research into, you know, societal issues. There's a lot going on in this game than we see at first glance. Um, I thought the writing was pretty good. It was quite interesting that you play as a scholar and that you, you know, you, you're trying to find out what happened. Uh, it looks beautiful as well. Uh, I thought the graphics, they're very nice to D animations. I also love the animation with the hedgehog if you want to go fast you can just roll along the ground (laughs) and it's quite cute and it's quite sonic yeah (laughs) kind of like sonic they're not quite as fast with no rings you don't go up you know around (laughs) uh fortunately but it's uh it's quite it's quite good overall um now what i would say shall we say with notes is i think sometimes some of the exits were a bit hard to find so at you know times i was like oh i think i would have preferred if there had been some clearer markings of the exits. Again, it wasn't a huge issue. And now as good as the writing and all is, I think sometimes if you see screenshots and you see a video, it does take up the whole screen or the whole left side of the screen. And again, not a huge issue, but I, I would have preferred, you know, you're going through all the lines of text and the dialogue. And the graphics are so nice that it's a pity that they're kind of hidden from the, the text box. So again, you can really see if you... Uh, see screenshots of the game, and also while I like the idea of you know matching the piece of evidence. It could work well. It also, at times, it can get a little bit messy. I was a bit confused <laughs> at times as to what, how am I supposed to do this? So maybe a tutorial. And again, this could be a me issue. <laughs> um, but I would have liked maybe some more instructions on what exactly you have to do. And now, to be fair, it does give lines when something matches. So it is clear enough, but I, I, it did feel a little bit messy. Like it can get a bit overwhelming because you have a lot of evidence and then you can put everything in and there's lots of lines going here and there. Now you can't, you, I did eventually figure it out, but I personally would have liked maybe a little bit more instructions on, not to solve the puzzle. You know, I like that. I could solve it myself, but just how to go about it. Um, I think for future games, I would maybe like that myself. Um, but overall, I love the universe. I love the world that they have created. Um, I, I believe from what the developers have said that their plan now is to make some more shorter games based in this world uh, rather than one massive game uh, that's hard to get funding for. And I think that's a good strategy. I think just definitely very ambitious because the developers said in future games, based on your actions in the first game, the results will appear in future games. So, for example, depending what you did in this game, it will appear as a newspaper article or heading in the next mm. game. And I like that. I really like that. I like that. Uh, you know, so I hope it works out for them. So I would definitely encourage people to get it. It's uh, it's pause of Coal. Um, overall, I really, despite this, you know, the small issues that I had, I still really enjoyed it. Again, it's about two hours long. It didn't feel rushed or too short at all um and uh and yeah it's available on steam and this is the first of hopefully many games in this series
2: have you seen um so it's it's about two hours long but there's these choices that you mentioned sort of being sprinkled throughout mm. um have you seen have you shown have you only seen one consequence yeah. of that or have you, you, do you yeah you so where it's how only different... about
1: one playthrough i haven't yeah, this is. I know it's some games like Telltale games. Uh, they have choices, but it feels like there's one path. Now I'm not entirely sure. Uh, there are multiple endings, uh, but the replay value—you could replay it. Now I just simply haven't had the time. But as I said, in that there are different. From what I remember, there are different things you could do. The best example I can give is with the miners strike. That you can choose to side with the miners or choose side with the CEO or maybe in between to try and get your own way. And I don't want to give any spoilers to how you can resolve this. But there are there seem to be different results and different choices you can make. And this might have an effect. I'm not sure how important the choices would be to the story um, because I've only played through it once. So I'm not sure how much you get if you play through the second time. It might be a lot of it might be similar. I, you know, you only know that if you replay it again. It is short enough, so if you have the time, I'm sure you can pl- replay it again. Uh, but yeah, I've only played it through it once. I liked it. For me, it's enough to play through it once, you know. with I did feel bad with a couple of my choices. I would like to go back and maybe, oh, maybe I could do it better. But I simply haven't had the, the time to go back.
2: Okay. Karen, Thank you for the thank you for the review of Pause of Coal, which you yeah. gave without a pause.
1: Hey! Oh, <laughs> it's rubbing up on you. <laughs> oh, I didn't think of that.
2: <laughs> <laughs> see, if yes. you can get a t- taste of your own medicine.
1: Oh, but you see, the t- thing is, I love those jokes, so <laughs> oh, <okay. laughs> I don't find them annoying. And if someone else tells them, I, the only thing I find annoying is that I didn't come up with them. <laughs> But yeah, I, I thought
2: no, that's too bad. It's too.
1: No, <laughs> listen, these kind of puns are never too bad. The, for me, they're never too bad. They're <laughs> never awful enough. But yeah, so that might give you some pause for thought.
2: Oh, <laughs> that's just mine back again. I
1: know exactly. <laughs> what can I say? But it, pause of coal, P A W S of coal. It's available on Steam. And yeah, I'd encourage people to check it out and certainly, you know, the game enjoy, but also to encourage the developers uh, so they can go on to make more games because I I think they really have some great ideas. And going by this game, at least, I I would like to see them continue making the series in this world to go back to this world and see what they do next and see where they go next. Um, So, yeah. Okay, so now for our final game. I know we haven't had a lot of games to review, but I think we're going in-depth, which is nice as well. Um, you had the chance to play Tron Identity. Yes, um, Tron Identity. Yeah, there's a new Tron game to the Tron. <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, well, look over to you, Kieran. I'll, I can give my thoughts on what I've played so far, but you've played it all. So what is this game about, and uh, what are your thoughts on this game?
2: Yeah, so this is one of those um, one of those IPs that was acquired by Disney, um, and they've allowed um, a, a a rather experimental sort of visual novel style adventure game off the back of it. Um, so, with, along with this and and Return to Monkey Island, I'm I'm sort of quite pleased with how Disney are handling all these IPs, um, which they're sort of hoovering up. But um, so this is by uh, Mike Bithell. Um, of of thomas was alone fame and and other games as well um but i think it will always be of thomas was alone fame <laughs> um and as i mentioned it's it's visual novel style so you pick a a location and dialogues play out and you have dialogue choices um and that's that's the gameplay really that's these all these all these conversations um you you pick which way that you want them to go and um, there's no uh Inve- am i right in saying there's no inventory i don't think there's any i don't inventory think so in. no yeah um it's, it's really about those conversations and, and how you how you choose them to play out and um, so for um so so for people who, who people who do know tron who are big fans of tron then then you know more about tron than i do because i started playing this and realized that i i couldn't remember any of tron and um, but if you don't know tron um basically you you it is set in a, a universe which is inside a computer. It's, it's in the grid, and there are lots of uh, automated programs which are are um, depicted as, as characters. Um, there, there are all these different programs, and they interact sort of as a metaphor for how things are on, on a computer. Um, so you play as a, a query, and... Um, who is a detective programme, um, and you're investigating an explosion at this, this grand building um, called The Repository. Um, and it could be an, an act of terrorism, it could be a, a robbery, um, you don't know, but you're, you're going to investigate um, because you are programmed to investigate. Um, and the your interactions with different characters Um, quickly develops into, it's more than just this central mystery, it's more than just detecting, detecting, that that must be the word, Uh, uh, and working out how how and why the explosion happened. There's also all these discussions around um, the different elements of society within this grid, how they interact, how they relate to one another. Um, there's some grander themes, there's stuff around fascism, there's stuff around knowledge. How is knowledge disseminated? How is knowledge protected? How is knowledge maybe controlled and withheld from people? um, Who has access to knowledge? Um, Lots of the characters that you you interact with have both uh, political and also personal motivations that pull them in different directions um, and this is this is a really interesting thing, which I, I don't remember from the original Tron. It might be a theme that Mike Bithel has brought to it, or it might be a theme that that has developed in the franchise about um programs going beyond the scope of, of their intended purpose, going beyond what they were programmed to do um and pushing pushing the limits of what they're supposed to be doing as programs. so that and that your character can also do that. Um, and it's it's set up as these very big decisions about whether or not you want to go beyond the bounds of your program as just as a detective. Um, and so there's this discussion as well as of role and autonomy um, within the world. I think the writing and I think the depiction of those themes, um, even though it's hooked into this fairly simple mystery, is brilliant. I think that that writing is so good. And the way that it touches on all these different all these different topics is really, really skilled. Um the artistic style is lovely. It's so uh, visual nof- novel style, you, you go from location to location playing out these dialogues, but you also get a, a slight sort of 3D rendered background um, in each scene. And it's True to Tron style, I can't remember when the Tron film came out. Is it an 80s film or a 90s film? Uh, um, the
1: uh, first one was 80s. 80s, and yeah. The second one came out was the 2010,
2: I think. So it's they've kept with this, with this 80s vision of what computer and tech looks like. It's sort of some neon orange and <laughs> and blue alongside. Lots of grays, lots of lots of technology is clearly happening here, um, which is just a delight to look at. Um, and then there's also the soundtrack is um electronic music soundtrack by Don the Sack, so by an established electronic artist who um gets across both the, the grandiose nature of various things and also ramps up the tension and also makes it feel very techy. Um, I think I thought that the, the music um, was done perfectly as well. Um, I I do have a, a, sadly a couple of issues with it. And um, the first is there's this there's this puzzle mini game um, which is sort of sort of like a solitaire kind of strategy style mini game. There are these cards and you have to try and remove the cards by matching them up in various ways. Um, and the rules became more elaborate as, as, the, as the game goes on. The first few times I did this, I thought, this is nice. This is really thematic mm-hmm. um, and uh, quite satisfying when I managed to, to remove them all. And then with time, it became a bit of a drudge. It, it became it served more of a purpose as to stall the actual story from progressing rather than progressing the story in and of itself. Um I also maybe this is just because of the way that I do things, I also, after the first couple of times playing it, I sat down and worked out some strategy for it. And following that strategy made it really easy. And so it was then just a task to do everything. I wasn't having to think. I was just looking at it and click, 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 click. Now it's done. And now I can carry on. And it wasn't fun it's not a fun mini game I think you can skip it actually I think you can set in the settings to skip those mini mm-hmm. games which it kind of gives away the fact that it's slightly tacked on <laughs> um which which is a pity um the the game itself is short um but I, I think there's a reason for that so um i I think a playthrough will take you maybe two of two to three hours um. And I think the reason for that is that it is very heavily branching. Um, There are actually lots of very meaningful choices, and you can end up—you don't end up with necessarily a different ending, but you end up knowing something different about that ending. And the ending that I came to, I initially found incredibly unsatisfying because I because the, the the game had opened up several mysteries of which I've maybe solved a half of one of those mysteries. It doesn't provide very many answers. And I think the aim is that you can then replay it and see a different part of the picture and eventually tie everything together potentially. Um, I've seen, I've I've lo- looked on YouTube and seen a couple of other people's endings radically different from the one that I got. Um, and yeah, sure enough, you get different information from that. If you're a person who is very invested in the world of Tron, and really wants to see all those different endings and really wants to pull together this story um and, and see every single part of it, then you are going to have a fantastic time. I personally couldn't really be bothered to do that. <laughs> um I, I wouldn't really want to play through more than once. Um even though I enjoyed my playthrough uh, that one time, um I I became a bit sick of this mini-game and the uh, the setting is was all based in this building, and so it was only a, a fairly limited number of oh. locations that, that, that I ever saw, um, which was a pity. Um, ultimately, I think I would have preferred had all of these different parts been stacked sequentially, maybe in different locations, and I could have taken my experience as the first chapter of a three chapter game, which has a bit more of a a linear um, narrative and explains and explores all these themes and ties everything up really nicely. Um, The heavily branching approach, which leads to short playthroughs and and you see one part of the story is a nice idea. It didn't quite work for me. Um, However... The writing is so good, the art is so good, the imagination and the dealing with all of these difficult topics is done so well, that I would still probably recommend it, and especially if you're a fan of Tron, you're going to absolutely love this, Um, but uh, I just, I I wish my experience with it had been slightly different.
1: Mm. Yeah, no, I think that's very, made some very interesting uh, points. I mean, I've played a little bit of it. Uh, Well, I think I'm nearly at the end, probably, because I've played a couple of hours, (laughs) Um, first of all, I do love how Disney have made Tron as a visual novel because Tron, OK, it's not as big as Star Wars or like the Marvel uh, properties, but it's still a relatively big, like there's some big fans of it. And, you know, it is set in a you know computer as well. So you think that you would make this game like, like in the movie Tron, two movies. But I think it's very interesting. I love the fact that Disney have just said, yeah, look, just make it as a visual novel and as a detective game. That wouldn't be my first choice for this universe, for this kind of game. And it's interesting reading some of the comments on YouTube uh, from fans, people okay. say fans always of the Tron. best place for comments. Oh, the best place, you know, the most <laughs> rational, um, most uh, yeah, evenly thinking <laughs> uh, people. But it's kind of funny when they're saying, "Oh yes, Disney, of course." What we want is a as a visual novel of Tron. Uh, those are some of the nicest comments. Now, again, you know, they they haven't played the game, so I don't think we can really pay much attention to what. Uh, Their opinions are valid, but after the game itself, yeah, I do agree. To. I think the, the, the writing is very good. It's very strong. I think, um, first of all, I when the game was announced, before I started playing this game, I hadn't seen the movie. So I went, and my partner and I, we watched the two movies. Um, Now, they're quite relatively complex, I would say, at least. Like, there's a lot going on and going on into the, in the computers. I think I like the ideas. More than the films. I thought the films were fine, but I really like the felt the idea. so i I really enjoy the fact that you can delve more into this universe. And I do like the fact that it's a detective game set in this universe. it's I think it's a really interesting idea. And as for the writing, I think one of the issues that I have and a lot of people have with visual novels is the writing tends to be a lot. You know tend to go on and on and on. Mm. I think this game, you know it avoids that. The writing seems to be more concise, seems to be more to the point. And it, the writing certainly never got boring for me. Um, and likewise, I love the, the visuals of it. I think it's very similar to the to the movies. And it felt like you were in the Tron world. And as you said, I think if you're a fan of the movies, I think you will enjoy the fact that you are in this world, even if it might not be what you expect or what you might want from a Tron game. At least it's a narrative-driven game set in this universe. Um, I think the, mu- the music, while not as good, I think it's a Daft Punk that... Uh, the music in the original movies—it's um, still good. It's still, you know, done very well. I do agree with you about the mini games. That it's mm. at first, and I was playing this game with my partner, and we were both like, "Oh, you know, this is fun. Let's let's do this together. Let's <laughs> try and resolve or try and figure it out." We read the instructions, and now I don't know. It could be me, it could be her, but and as you said, it got more elaborate, more complex. We ended up just kind of like guessing, trying really to get, Atlant- you know, try because when you think that you understand it, at least now you have, I think, a better mathematical brain than we do, or than I do. But when I thought I could understand it, I thought, okay, this card, okay, I can put it with this card. And then for some reason, it doesn't go with that card. And I was asking, why? This doesn't make any sense to me. I thought, oh, it goes with this card. Why? I don't understand (laughs) this. And then when it kept going like that, and again, I know this is a me problem as well, not understanding it, but I, I, I just started using every card on every card because I just ended up not really understanding what the rules were. And again, this is a me problem, but it's, yeah, it just felt kind of tedious. Just try like it stopped the flow of the story. And I think we were like, Oh, look, we have to do this again, rather than feeling engaged in the game or in the story, or it just felt like it's blocking progress. It's uh, it's stopping. It's an obstacle. And it, it didn't, for me, it didn't also fit with the game. With and I have no problem with puzzles set in the game. Absolutely. Have tasks, have puzzles. But I just don't think this fit with the gameplay, like with the detective gameplay. I think this felt like, oh, let's see it, add it on. Like we need to, this game is short. We need to make it longer. What can we do? Let's just have this mini game and let's have different variations of this mini game, make it more complex, more elaborate. And make the game longer. And so um, but uh, you know, a couple of other things as well. You mentioned as well with the playthrough that the first playthrough ending you got wasn't satisfying. I think this is kind of something that we see more with, with these kind of games, with these choice-based games, that you know they wanted to replay as well. And Matt Latum, who reviewed Murderous Muses, he had a similar issue. Now, I think Tron is probably better in the first playthrough but he said about murderous music that his first playthrough, that he didn't know what was going on. He didn't know mm-hmm. what, you know, what he was supposed to do. And then it ended and it wasn't satisfying at all. And what I would say to developers listening is that, first of all, I know games like these might be designed to be, to replay them. I will probably, after I finish playing this with my partner, I might go back and replay this just myself, uh, trying a different ending, see what decisions I would make on my own. But it's, You know, a lot of times I don't replay games because I I don't have the time. And there's so many games out there that even if games are two hours long, it's like, okay. And so I think even games that our developers want players to replay, I think one playthrough has to be satisfying. I'm not saying the ending has to be like a positive Mm. ending or a good ending. But I do think they should focus on one playthrough to be satisfying. Just in case play, people don't go back and replay, it's like, yeah, they'll they'll miss a lot of content that developers have put, but that is the way you know we don't have a lot of time, and there are a lot of games and a lot of things vying for our attention, like Netflix, like I don't know, football work seems like there's a football <laughs> match, everything just other things that are vying for our attention. So I think developers should be happy if we get through your entire game once. And I think developers try to make this satisfying. Also, you know, absolutely try to tease us to try and get us to play again, but just make it satisfying. And I think that's something, um, you know, a game that I recently played, Gerda, A Flame in Winter, I think that does that well. There, You can replay it. There are different choices you make, whether it's one character to a location or another character to another location, but one playthrough is still satisfying. I still found it, it's like a... A well told story with an ending it doesn't have to be a good ending, <laughs> uh you know, everybody might die, <laughs> <laughs> or people you care about might die, but it still feels like it's okay, it's a full story. um, I haven't got to the ending of this game, so I can't really say, but that seems like what you were saying as well, which is kind of a shame but i I was sorry, I'm still enjoying it, like despite kind of like the issue that you mentioned, and
2: oh definitely, no, it's still it's yeah. still hugely enjoyable, um, mm, the writing is still fantastic, absolutely, um, yeah. Even as someone who could barely remember Tron, within a few, <laughs> a few minutes it, it dragged me right in. Well, um, that's good. I, so I was, do,
1: do you think you need to have watched the two films uh, to enjoy this game?
2: I think it. I think it would really help. It does. Yeah. It does. It does drop you in the deep end from the start. Um, yes, yeah, not like,
1: query. Who is that? What is this world? <laughs> but, it's yeah.
2: But having said that, not knowing even not know even knowing a small amount will get you a long way. Once, once, If you read sort of a paragraph, um, just summarising, reminding what happened in Tron, or, or just summarising if you've not seen it at all, um, I think that will give you enough backstory to then be able to enjoy it fully. Um,
1: yeah, and I think after having watched the two films just a few weeks ago, I think from playing the game, I think it's obvious that uh, Mike Bittle is a fan of the, this isn't just a cash grab. This does feel like you're in Tron. I think that they've done a lot of work to make you feel like that. So Mm. I think that's a, and also one positive, which I mentioned to to you before recording is, okay, now save game is something I talk about a lot. And I think in some games it's getting worse that some games that don't just have auto-saving but that don't save, or it's very difficult to know how to save or when to save, uh, but anyway, this game, now I would prefer manual saves to so where I could have control of when I save and where I save. But what this game does is very interesting. I don't think I've come across this in any other game. Now, correct me if I'm wrong here, but it seems like it saves every time a new dialogue appears.
2: Is that correct? I think so, yes. More or less. It's, it seems to, yeah. It, it, it's 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 constantly, yeah, yeah, it's constantly it. updating. So you can leave whenever.
1: Exactly. And I think that is also, I think it's a really positive thing. And again, what I say to developers is, look, again, speaking about we don't have a huge amount of time, and there's sometimes times when we have to quit the game at short notice, because you know real life intrudes. And I think what this game does, if they're not going to be manual say, this is the next best thing, that you can quit the game at any point and go back to that point. Because at least for me, it's not fun to go back even 10, 15, 20 minutes of what you've already played because you didn't find a save point. I just think it's baffling and ludicrous. I've spoken at length about this before. But to be positive, in this game, that doesn't happen. Um, It saves it for every dialogue choice, every dialogue line. So you can go back to any point. And I think that also has an effect on how much I enjoy the game because I'm still in the universe. When I go back, I don't have to replay the same Parts of the game which go through the same lines of dialogue again and again, it doesn't get tedious, it just picks up. And I think, yeah, and I, in my opinion, this is the way it should be. Um, and I just wish more developers would do that and would agree, but uh, but yeah, no, that is Tron identity. Um, I don't, we don't do stars, but uh, yeah, I don't know if you want to. Uh-huh.
2: <laughs> Um, was it summer? Did a, did it out of ten or
1: was it out of ten or out of five? I don't know.
2: I, I haven't finished. <laughs> and now this we're game, doing. So... Now we're on to stars.
1: Well, next time we might. We probably. <laughs> you know, I, di- I didn't give you any advance notice on this, but uh, but yeah, look, we will we will include links to this. I believe it's on Steam and different places. Is it is it on? I believe it's it's probably on. Uh, uh, console. Is it on consoles? Oh, I should really check this out. <laughs> Um but yeah, Tron, we will include links to the Steam page and to the official site as well on the uh podcast. So uh so yeah, I think that's it for now, is it? Is there um anything else that you wanted to mention? No. <laughs>
2: um Yes. Yeah, so, I. uh nothing uh nothing nothing else to mention in the way of reviews. Okay, so... Um currently playing um
1: Oh so sorry, it is available on Steam and Nintendo Switch. Alright, ah, yes, and yeah, um, I'm playing this on my Steam Deck, and I'd say I love playing it on my. I think visual novels are perfect to play on either Steam Deck or Nintendo Switch, just if you're traveling or just a you know smaller screen. Just I think it's it's working very well. So mm. uh, yes, yeah, so you are playing now. That is Tron Identity, and now, can, you are playing now because you will be reviewing hopefully next episode or sometime uh, in the near future. What game are you currently
2: playing? So I'm, I'm currently playing a uh, firmament um, which is uh, the latest game from uh, Cyan um so of of mist and uh, riven fame um, and yeah so as as resident non mist hater Yeah we need to um, be clear
1: you you actually liked mist and riven correct or are you are you playing them
2: I prefer I prefer riven um, but you played them Yes, I have played them. <laughs> I have played them, and I've not not played them through gritted teeth the whole time.
1: That, so I think that, I think you are, you know, good to review them, because you don't come with an, quote-unquote, agenda. Like, other people <laughs> agenda. on this podcast, myself, included, yeah, so long-term listeners to the podcast might, or maybe not, but myself, Thomas, and Laura discussed our thoughts on Myth. Now, my own thoughts on the first Myth, I played the first 10 minutes, and I quit, and I've never gone back, and I yeah, you know, for me, they're not for me, but I don't hate them. I think with Thomas and maybe Laura as well, I think it's slightly different They feel slightly more passionate, uh, shall we say, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But you actually play those games, and you, yeah, you don't hate them.
2: I yeah, I have some appreciation for them. um and, yeah, and and especially abduction, um which I think is is too overlooked. Um I think my yeah, I, I think abduction may well be Cyan's best. Oh, wow. Um, so
1: you'll be giving a fair appraisal of the game then, so, no <laughs> matter yes. what you think.
2: Yes. Um, so I already have some thoughts on Firmament, but I will have more for next time.
1: Oh, I'm looking forward to hearing it because a genuine, you know, someone who appreciates a missed games, games will have some thoughts on Firmament. I've read some, yeah, anyway, I will ask you more detail the next time we speak. Um, yes, definitely.
2: I think, I think someone who hates Mist isn't going to suddenly fall in love with Firmament. okay, so this is not a game
1: <laughs> for Thomas and Laura or even myself then
2: but uh, but someone who is open-minded to
1: miss
2: <laughs> may, may may be open-minded to Who? Cool. oh
1: uh, well, well, we look forward to hearing a review of that. So also future games that we will review. I know Laura is playing killer frequency um about a radio host to. Now I found this idea fascinating about then um, callers are calling in and they are being murdered, so you have to try and solve puzzles and try and help them as well. I just now she also worked for the BBC, so you know uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, on the radio. So I'm sure she. I'm looking forward to hearing her thoughts. She and Thomas are also playing the new Stasis game. Um, I don't know if you played the first game, uh, Karen. Um, I did. I can't,
2: I can't remember much about it.
1: Okay, well, and they also made Kane, and they made Beautiful Desolation, which myself and Thomas reviewed a few years ago, right at the beginning of COVID. Mm. Uh, if you want to check that out, um, and myself and Matt are playing a Star Trek Resurgence, the new Star Trek game. Now, if uh, if you if you didn't know that a new Star Trek game had been released, you'd be forgiven because the amount of marketing promotion, I don't think, be really very little. <laughs> Uh, Which is odd, but anyway, I am playing that game. It is only available on Epic Scores. Um, I will have a full review of that. It's from former Telltale uh, developers, so it is uh, similar to Telltale Games, narrative-driven. There is a few action sequences and a few stealth sequences as well, but I will give more thoughts on that as well. And uh, Jared, I believe he will be reviewing The Tartarus Key, which is... uh, kind of like survival horror, more retro, kind of like a PS1 era uh, game. Uh, so, uh, so yes, yeah, so plenty more to come. I will have interviews coming up as well with the developer of Gerda uh, coming up, and I will have interviews with the developer of developers of from Party for Introverts of Cabernet, a new game. It's a vampire game. And you have to choose then... Uh, sounds very interesting. So you have to choose whether to, you know, basically bite people and follow your urges or whether you will try and be decent and they've also had some social commentary anyone who's played any of their games you know won't be surprised and I'm looking forward to it, it looks very nice And I chat with them and uh yeah I might be putting some repeat episodes because we've been five years and I think you know people might not have listened to all the episodes so I might just be putting them up again my very first Episode. My apologies, everyone. Don't judge me on just that, but it was a nice interview I did with Francisco Grislab Gonzalez. See how far about. you've come. Yeah. Well, I don't know. <laughs> my, some people might say, "No, I haven't come very far at all." That's still the same. <laughs> um, but I might start putting them up as well. So, still plenty to to come as well. Uh, anything you'd like to mention before we finish up, Kieran?
2: Oh, yeah, no, not, I think huh? that's everything.
1: Yeah. Well, look, thank you very much, and thank you as well. Thank you. Um, I know that uh, that you and Laura tried to usurp me while I was gone, but normal uh, <laughs> normal has uh, has happened again. Now, I don't know over the summer, I will be going on holidays and I'll be traveling. So I don't know if other people, Laura, Thomas, or yourself, will be hosting. We shall see, um, but we'll try and get some episodes up at least over the summer as well. so. Uh, Well, thank you so much, Kieran. Always a pleasure to chat with you and hear your thoughts on the games uh, that you've played. And uh, we will talk very, very soon.
2: Yeah, brilliant. Thank you very much.
1: Thank you. So take care, everyone. And as Thomas would say, keep on questing.